Welcome to the Balls Out Podcast with Rich and Raj. Raj, you ready to get started? Yeah, baby, let's rock. I played yesterday, though. How'd you do? At the moon? Yeah. It was one of those weird days. I mean, I, I didn't hit the ball good. I only hit a few good shots. But I, I got up and down six times for par. So, that <laughs> was, it was scrambling eggs, man. With no game, just scrambling. Just making putts like 30, 40 feet for, well, not 40 feet, but anywhere from five feet to 20, 25 feet for par. So, I just I ham-egged it all day. Yeah. Do you go in and out with the putting, or are you pretty consistent there? You know, I'm a interactive guy. I like to talk to a lot of people, so forth, and social guy. So I'm at, starting at the moon uh, on the old course, and there's a putting green right adjacent to the uh, tee box. And and I like a center-shafted putter because I don't have to manipulate the face, open it up, and close it in a stroke of a foot and a half too much to compute, right, in that short period of time and that short distance. So I like a center-shafted putter. So a patron had a... Uh, Center shafted putter Odyssey with a white hot face on it, right? Real clean, kind of a half mallet thing. I go, okay, can I see that? I said, wow, this is great. I rolled a few with it. I said, this is terrific. And since it was a model that's been out for at least 10 years, went to eBay, got it for 40 bucks, put it in my bag. Same grip, no fatty grip. And I've come to this uh, conclusion just for me personally, right? If, If I could get my shoulders and, and, and get my hands out of my stroke with the skinny grip, just a standard grip, I'll, I'll be a better putter. And so I was able to have my egg and it was a lot of fun. So Yeah. And it was a magnificent I, day out there. I mean. Oh, killer, right? A, a, a typically marine layer at Half Moon Bay. And yesterday was one of those beautiful days. It was probably high 60s, nice high, bright sky not a lot of wind it was just it was just a picture perfect day it was a lot of fun yeah what's the breakdown of sunny days versus overcast days because there's a difference <laughs> between the i mean you see what i'm yeah, saying one, there's a one, difference right one, one out of ten is a nice day we get a marine right. layer all the time i mean it just now if, if you wanted for those folks out there who wanted to play half moon bay if you wanted to play the best weather of the year is september october Indian summer is, is ideal. That, that's the best time to play weather-wise. And if you wanted to come out any other day, try to get out there at like one o'clock. The marine layer tends to lift in the afternoon, early afternoon. So we always have to have marine layer out there, but that's somewhat fitting since the ocean course is a traditional link style golf course. You get the link style kind of weather. The wind tends to stay up, which is the defense of the ocean course. It's just wide open. When the wind blows, ocean course is difficult. On those kind of days, what's your opener on the first tee as someone walks up, maybe they haven't played the course before, maybe they played years ago. Do you open with a joke? Do you give them a tip on the wind? I give them as much information about the course as possible. For example, the ocean course, wide open, generous fairways, five par five, the driver will par four in the second hole. So if your driver's cooperating that day, that, that's a lot of it out there. And the, the big bombers could, can get after it pr- pretty well, right? Don't have any acute grain or break to the ocean. We're Poana greens like pebble, but we don't have that, that characteristic, unusual. And I also tell them, if you're above the flag and your approach shot putting back down towards the pin, it's going to roll out further than it looks. So they're, they're sneaky fast, especially if you're above the flag. And I tell them about a, a few characteristics on, on the course. For example, the third hole. It's a real short uh, par three from the blue tees, maybe 140 yards. But 
it has false fronts on the right and left side. You can't see it, but it's very sneaky, right and left. So just put it in the center of the green. Also tell them about the eighth hole. Your second half shot has to be at the right bunker. You be your second shot goes into a into a in, uh, over a valley. You can't see it. There's, there's bunkers about 80 yards short of the green, so you want to avoid those at all costs. I tell them about the 16th hole. It's a par four downhill. It's our signature hole along the coast. And uh, in back of the hole, if you walk, uh, there's a little path that goes along a coastal trail. Walk about 20 yards to the south, and it's a little cutout on a peninsula. It has a panoramic view of, of the cliffs and so forth. I mean, they're 80 feet high in the beach. It's a nice picture moment. So I give them those good kind of tips. And when, when you go out and play like you did the other day, how often do you deviate from your normal plan of attack? Yeah, I'm an aggressive player. Like this is Arnold Palmer's second design in, in 1973, his second design, right? So you see in about five or six holes, Arnie's uh, character, <clears throat> risk reward golf. I love that kind of golf. You mentioned... De La Viega in Santa Cruz. That's a layup course. Layup, layup, layup. It's just, it's just boring. If you hit it 180 yards and it's a 90 dog, you hit another 160 yards. I don't like that. But on this course, there's a half a dozen holes where if you're hitting your driver well, risk reward, cut the corner a little bit. That's Arnie's kind of a golf, kind of aggressive risk reward. So I like to take those chances. However, there's some sucker drives out there where, you know what? I'd be well suited to just play up 20 yards right of the bunker as opposed to going over because I'll be in a good position to get on the green at two out of par five. And it's one particular one on, on five or on eight, I'll be in a nice spot. I can maybe hit a 160 and that's good enough as opposed to challenging the bunkers and getting in a bunker, being in a lift, then you're in bad shape. So aggressive play Arnie style, which let's face it. If we're going to get up in the morning, it's got to be fun for that type of play, especially on that course, the old course. Yeah, if you got some angles, uh, get after it. If you think you could do it, great. But some of the angles are just, you know, too long for me. I can't get after them. And instead of going over the bunkers, you go a little right, and you're still in play and in good position to make par or birdie. So, but it gives you those options. I, I like that uh, kind of golf where if you're feeling the driver's grooving and you, you could work it and, and you're banging it, then go. But if not, they play a kind of a cautious game. So it gives you uh, some nice options, which is terrific. Yeah, when you get like a web.com, current or X, PGA, what do you see within their play? Does it vary or they get the drill and they go for similar things off the tee? Well, here's the thing. They're playing the tips. I'm playing the blues or whites. They're yeah. 7,000 yards or 6850 on the ocean. So mm-hmm. their lines are just completely different. And they just they, they just beat it so far. We had a guy, Don Leafstrand, real good guy, played in the South American tour, Asian tour, he tries to Monday qualify for web. web.com events. Real, real nice guy. Tremendous player. From the tips, he'll hit most greens 10, 12 feet away. It's like me blinking my eye. There's no thought. It's just so automatic. It's just right there. So since those tee boxes are way back there, probably not going to take too many aggressive lines because the carry would be too far, except for a few holes. So a few holes, I, I could see him on eight and, and five on the old course, really take some aggressive lines and, and nine. But some of those tees are way back there and the, especially on the ocean course they have them tucked in hills way back in a corner somewhere it's neat just to go back in the tee box and look to see what the perspective is at a tee it's a completely different hole it's really neat to just to 
go back there and try it once in a while because it's the hole is completely defined, angles are completely different. So it's neat to see these guys still bring it to their knees. And he'll go out there and, and break par all the time. I mean, under 70 is, is common for him. So poor guy. I mean, making it or not on 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 a, on a mini tour is is so, so minuscule. Poor guy. He he rode from San Jose to British Columbia. Try to Monday qualify for an event in a driving rainstorm. Shot 69. And that was a lowest score for a qualifier. Had to wait a couple hours for everybody else to come in. Another guy shot 69. He lost in a playoff and drove home. I mean, <laughs> but I mean, nice guy. Gave me a lesson yeah. once. I still communicate with, with him once in a while. At any event, wish him all the luck in the world. Don Leafstrand. Yeah. Yeah. How often do you get lessons? Do you do regular checkups once a month, once every couple months? Yeah, once a month. There's a real good player, Greg Gennady. He's about my age. Real good stick. Real consistent. So I, I like a just an educated eye in my swing, and he'll pick up something right away, and we'll fix it real quick. We'll go to the driving range, and he'll just have a, okay, you're here, you're here, here's what you're doing. And I think that's good just for anyone, whether you're starting off or even if you're a stick, it's good to do those checkups. It's as if you were to have a personal trainer in the gym. Yes, you can do a lot of stuff yourself, but especially with a golf swing, there's so many little mechanics that you just can't see. And you get into these habits that you build and solidify and really cement. So it's incredibly important to do that as just if you're golfing in general, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I beseech everybody out there and just recommend strongly. I got this golf net with an AstroTurf, 84 bucks. You get a tripod, that's another 50 bucks, a plastic thing. Set this baby up there, slow-mo code, and record yourself in the backyard, on your rooftop deck, in your you know, garage. Just set it up. whole thing will cost you 125 bucks. You got the phone, bang. And, and pictures don't lie because you're with a golf pro and, and, and getting a lesson and you don't know where you're at. You can't see yourself. And, and a pro, he might take a, a picture or two on his phone, but to have several of them is feedback. It's very variable. Am I swaying? Am I doing this? There's a thousand things that you're, that you're looking at. Hone in on a couple and, and you'll teach yourself because pictures don't lie. So it's, it's good visual feedback to have that. Yeah. Do you fluctuate a lot with handicap or are you pretty plus or minus one or two? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much the same, pretty much the yeah. same. And, and and especially now with the USGA new rules that it's going to be your best eight scores out of 20 as opposed to your best 10 out of 20. That drives everybody down. So just mid low single digit. So. Yeah. In, in your group at the moon and other places, are you playing with similar handicaps or or do you have a wide range there so if they're playing the moon like from a municipal golf course their their handicap will go up just because of the, the slope and the degree of difficulty and, and so forth yeah that that's that's common oh yeah yeah that's in the wheelhouse right yeah blues are at uh, 72.9 and 131 the whites are 71.5 and 128 so gets you a nice variety there yeah for the men's club at the moon, do they have weekly tournaments or how does that work? They have tournaments like once a month. Yeah. And I'm not a member of the, of the men's club and, and I should be, but I just don't have the time to, to get away from work during the week. The seniors group, they have home and homes with Olympic club, Green Hills, Pasa Tiempo, Stanford, San Jose country club, Rancho Cañada, 
whole lot of uh, private clubs. So I could play those courses and then they'd play uh, Half Moon Bay and with dinner and everything else, it's like a hundred dollars or something like that. And, and I think that exchange is cool too with the other courses. There's some great tracks on there. You know, Olympic Club is a classic, one of the best of the bunch. Uh, Paso Tiempo is a, on par, pardon the pun, with the uh, Olympic Club, no doubt. They have the Western Collegiate there every year. Opened in, I think, 1929. And the first group to play there was Bobby Jones, Marion Hollins, and the U.S. and British amateur champions. And Marion Hollins was a former uh, U.S. woman amateur champion. That was the first, first group to, to tee them off at Pasa Tampo. And that opened up about the same time as, as Cypress. And a classic Alistair McKenzie design. Just, just a beautiful layout. It's extremely difficult. The grain is off the charts crazy fast. If you guess the green wrong, you're dead, man. It, it's these greens are extremely difficult. Yeah, it's like putting on granite. Yeah, I mean, it's the second hole, for example, a little gentle par four, dog leg to the right, fade a ball out there, easy shot into a long, narrow, deep green. The green, and you're putting. Typically, you'll be putting downhill back towards a pin, but the green's going this way, right? So you have a downhill putt that's slow. So that doesn't make any sense in your head. So you, and you go, whoa, because the ocean's right behind you. So you have to make these calculations on the fly going, okay, it's illogical, but that that's what it is. And so you'll discover right away, it's, it's a fun track. Oh, yeah. I mean, the density of courses, especially on the coast there, is literally unparalleled for a lot of places on Earth, right? Oh, absolutely. Now, you think, think of your pockets you have out there mm-hmm. or in, in the Bay Area. You have your San Francisco pocket. You have Harding Park, Lake Merced, the San Francisco Club, Cal Club, the Olympic Club, right there, right there. Then you go out to Monterey, and you have the obvious. You have Pebble. You have Spyglass. You have Cypress. You have Spanish Bay and, and Poppy Hills. So you got these little pockets of golf in the Bay Area, and, and they're all magnificent tracks. And then you throw in Half Moon Bay and 36 holes in the ocean. And there's a lot of op- opportunity to, to play a quality courses. Conversely, this is interesting. In Los Angeles, there's uh, Griffith Park, Rancho Park. There's almost no public golf. But you go down to Orange County, and you have a lot of public uh, golf courses. But in L.A., the city of L.A. itself, it's all private. That's unusual. Yeah. Raj, have you ever made a top five or a top ten list of California courses? Are there a couple that you rattle off that's in the pantheon of California golf? Yeah, pretty obvious. Pebble, Spyglass, Cypress Point, uh, Pasa Tiempo, uh, Torrey Pines, San Francisco Club, of course. Those are some of the fine and, and well-known venues that, that are in California and, and hosted many U.S. Opens and major championships and so forth over the years and, and outstanding venues and pretty held the test of time over the years, except for the, the length. I mean, it's some of these courses, Marion and some of the old tracks that you just don't have the length anymore to and it. They're just not long enough for these tour players these days. Now, of course, what they can do with that is just trick up the greens and, and, and narrow the fairways to where it's they're 15 yards wide. Go balls out. Always.